Welcome to Discover Grace Podcast, a service of Grace Church in Camby, Indiana. Visit us online at discovergrace.net. Well, welcome to the podcast. Um, a funny thing happened. I said during uh, the message over the weekend that we do a podcast and then um, something happened um, over the weekend. Uh, I had... Uh, you, you can tell something's going on with my voice. I had I prayed, God, let me get through two services of a message. Uh, I wasn't singing, and usually at uh, this time of year, something happens to my voice because I, I, I'll get some kind of uh, infection or, or a sickness or an illness, and I'll say, God, please let me be able to sing. And um, so this week, thankfully, I'm not singing, but I was speaking, so I'm saying, God, please let me be able to um, please let me be able to speak through two services. He thankfully let me do that. And then all of a sudden, um, Sunday night, uh, I, I get some type of respiratory deal going on. Uh, I still don't know, is it bronchitis? Is it what? So, um, But here I go going, I said I'm going to do this story that I'm going to tell people what's going on for this 30-minute test drive on the Midweek Podcast. Um, so I've I've got to be able to say this. So bear with me as all of a sudden uh, I'm starting to to sound like Frog on uh, from from our gang. If if you guys are old enough to remember uh, the little rascal, so uh, if I start to sound like him, then uh, you understand why I'm dealing with some really interesting uh, respiratory stuff. So uh, pray with me, and uh, if you guys don't mind, I'm, I'm just going to begin with with prayer. So uh, God, I just. Uh, uh, ask for for prayer for for all of us, and I just want to begin uh, just by thanking you for God for breath in my lungs that uh, I don't deserve to have, and and God, um, even if my breath is a little labored, God, it's breath, it's breath that I breathe in, I breathe out, and God, I just want to be able to make something great of that breath, and God, I'm I'm extremely thankful for it. God, because I know that at any moment you could take that from me, and God, you own everything that I've got, and and God, you own everything that we have, and everything that's before us. As some of us are driving cars, maybe going to and from work, and that's the time that we've designated to listen to podcasts. And God, we just thank you for the the luxury of driving vehicles, and God for devices that we're listening to podcasts on. That, how cool is that that we've got the fortune of having um, technology like this to be able to hear uh, your word and, and, and technology and how current you are to be God that um, makes those things possible. That whenever you said things like go into all the world, that you knew that there would be a day that we would have a media medium like the internet to give your word. So God, thank you for that. God, thank you for your love for us. And God, uh, um, let maybe my words uh, be few, um, that they would be true to you, and uh, and that I would be able to speak clearly um, through what's going on with my voice today, and let everything that I say be with love for you. God, we love you. We praise you. First in your son's name we pray. Amen. So, um, bear with me maybe as I have to clear my throat a lot or, or things like that, but I, I wanted to... Uh, um, tell and express to you a story, and I'll get to that here in a few minutes, but, um, you know, kind of the idea that we have for this midweek podcast is, is as, as teachers, um, sometimes maybe you may not get an idea that 
we go through a lot in preparation for messages and there's oftentimes you know, you talk about, uh, and, and in the film industry, there's this thing called things that are on the cutting room floor. And what that means is that there's a, a lot of stuff that never makes it into a movie. Um, if you've seen the movie Woodlawn, Woodlawn is a great film. I encourage you to go out and see it. And um, the, the, the writer, director, producer of that movie, John Irwin, uh, is a good personal friend of mine and my family. Um, we actually got to be a, a part of of uh, uh, some of the aspects of that film and we're actually there uh, when John got to see that movie for the first time ever uh, being put together it was interesting we're, we're up there in North Dakota and he goes hey um, I just got this movie uh, got a, I got an email saying that hey they stitched the movie together all the reels and all the individual pieces and, and you know he had only seen bits and pieces of it in segments he had never seen the whole content of the movie put together uh, for the first time ever, and he said, well, you want to watch it? We're like, yeah, get to see a movie put together, you know, for the first time ever? Yeah, of course, be, be the first people to ever watch it, so we got to watch this movie, and it's interesting, because you're, you're seeing the movie, uh, you know, there's a, there's a scene in the movie Woodlawn where uh, Sean Astin, uh, who of course played in Lord of the Rings and, and all kinds of other movies, he's played plays one of the lead characters in it, uh, who ironically enough, or that's not even the right use of the word, but I digress, uh, um, uh, he was actually, the character that he plays was actually um, John Irwin's father, Hank Irwin. Uh, who is who the movie is about but anyway uh, there's a scene where uh, Sean Astin's character he is uh, in in this huge stadium and he is leading the Lord's Prayer and the stadium is just filled with people well those people are put in there by this process called rotoscoping they're actually CG they're computer generated they're not even in there for real um, the, the, so the movie that we're watching, we're seeing like him talking in front of this empty stadium. There's only like a hundred people that are really in there. The rest of it is all green screen. So we're seeing a not finished product. I told you I have squirrel moments, so bear with me. So the, the, the whole point of this is that we got to see a version of the film that had all kinds of other stuff in it. Um, that never made it to the final movie. The movie that, if you saw it in theaters that you watched, uh, would have had... Um, scenes in it that um, or there's other scenes in it that never made it to it so when directors start looking at what to cut they they, they would in the old days they literally had film um, that they would take and cut out with a razor blade and by the time they got done taking out scenes and other stuff it would it would fall to the cutting room floor and they would call that you know things that were on the cutting room floor well we kind of go through a process like that when we're trying to figure out, okay, what does God really want us to say in this message and what fits in a time frame of a message? Uh, and sometimes when you're you know, doing a 30-minute message, you might have 45 minutes worth of stuff that you really want to say. And that falls kind of on the cutting room floor. It's not that it's not great and God-glorified information. It's how do you want to get your point across? And sometimes when you're talking about uh, gratitude, man, there's a mountain of stuff that you can say. And one of the, for, for me in this message of gratitude, one of the big pressures that I wanted to talk about um, was one of this word, and that's instant gratification. And, and I started in the second service to talk about it a little bit, and, and it's that thing of, 
you know, there there used to be a day when we could we could go up and ask somebody if we didn't know something, we could ask somebody information. We could say, hey, um, how do you get to um, some place? You know, we could ask for directions, or if we didn't have knowledge of something, we could ask people uh, for their information. And, and if they gave that information to us, then we were, you know, maybe thankful for that and say, thank you. Hey, I appreciate that because you were appreciative of the knowledge. You, you had gratitude for getting that knowledge. Well, now we've got these things in our pockets. And these things that are in our pockets are called smartphones. And because of the instant gratification that we can get, we've got knowledge 24-7. We don't have to ask anybody for anything anymore. I mean, think about it. You, you want to know how to get to somewhere, you just say, okay, Google, or hey, Siri. And Siri will instantly chime up and, and get you directions. My, my wife jokes because she's got an Android and I've got an iPhone. She jokes that hers gives better directions than mine. And, of course, I say mine gives better directions than hers. But still, the, the information is there. You can ask anything. I mean, you used to have to have an education to know equivalents and measurements and, and mathematics and things like that. Now you don't. You, you just ask, you know, what's 6 times 12? Who, who knows? Who cares? Don't, don't worry about mathematics tables. You just put it in your calculator on your phone. And I know I sound like a curmudgeon, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm being serious. We, 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 uh, it's instant gratification because our problems right now are So we, we, we have instant information. And I think sometimes that gives us a, a little bit of a, um, a less of a sensitivity to uh, gratification because now we expect information so readily. So we don't have a dependency on others to give us information. When, when we've got that steady flow of information, we're, we're ready and we have an expectancy of that information. Um, and, and it happens everywhere. Um, I, I, I mentioned going to a restaurant or to a drive-thru. Um, I, I, I am grateful for, uh, for, our, for our Redemptive Arts worship team. I mean, they do a great job every week. And one of the things that I like doing is to, to, to get them something for, for breakfast because they come in really early in the mornings on Sunday, uh, earlier than most of you people, maybe even get out of bed on a Sunday morning. And some of you don't know that. Um, and they do a phenomenal job. So one of the things I like to do is get them breakfast. Um, and and I, I decided that I was going to get them something, you know, maybe warm, get them some breakfast burritos or something. And, and some of you go on, are thinking, man, if you want to show them gratitude, why, why are you getting them a breakfast burrito? Maybe that's not the best thing in the world. But, you know, it was a little treat. It was something warm. And, and, and I went to a, 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 a fast food restaurant establishment here in town. And, and I went through the, through the drive-thru to, to get them something. And, and as I was getting these, you know, I, I go up to the window and, and um, the, the person there just asked for my money. Uh, just told me, you know, quickly, not, not, hey, how are you or anything. And the interaction was just to say, here's how much it is. Very dry. And I, hey, how are you today is what I said. And, and I got, fine. Here's the total. Go to the next window, and 
they simply stuck a bag out the window. And, I, and I'm thinking, what, what happened to the days when we, when we interacted and, and said, you know, thank you and, and things like that, and, and, and it wasn't there. And, and I think that's because of that expectancy. So in any case, instant gratification, expectancy, complacency, um, those things are, are big words. Entitlement, those are the pressures. But the one thing that I promised in the message that I wanted to talk about to you is, uh, ironically enough, as I'm having trouble breathing, is the story that happened in September 2007. And, and as we talked about the 30-minute test drive of why that's so important. Um, September 2007, here I am. Um, I have always, for at least uh, 20 or more years, I've worked in... Um, and worship leading, worship pastoring, uh, but I haven't always done it full time. Um, not not every church can endure um, facilitating paying someone that does worship full time. Uh, there are some places that can. There are some places that you have to multitask. You you do a variety of different things. You may you may be a youth pastor and do worship leading. Um, you may be, uh, for instance, here, I don't just do the music on Sunday mornings. I have a variety of roles that I do. I am uh, uh, under the role of being a redemptive arts pastor. I'm also the creative pastor, so I do a variety of the, the video and graphics things that you see. So there's a lot of things that I oversee here at the church. But, you know, and some of the other churches that I've been at, you know, there, there are a variety of roles. Well, I happen to be in, in Nashville. Um where we were at at a particular church there in, in Nashville, um, I was a worship leader, and this is a you know particularly large church. They were growing up towards upward towards ten thousand people. Um, my full time role that I had was at a computer company, um, and it was a you know a, a major computer company that you still hear of today, but they were going through a lot of downsizing and uh, a lot of uh, networking uh, issues. I guess you would say. And, um, and and I was uh, one of their uh, upper-level IT guys there, and in their downsizing that they were going through, we had just closed on a house, my wife and I, and we just closed on a house in, there in Nashville, and um, it's Thursday, and I'm doing uh, leading a rehearsal with the uh, with the team there at the church in Nashville, and we're doing the song by Mercy Me. And um, it's a great song, <laughs> but the lyrics, and I'll struggle to even try to sing it, but it's a song that goes, I can count a million times people asking me how I can praise you with all that I've gone through. The question just amazes me, can circumstances possibly change who I forever am with you? All right, note to self, don't try to sing whenever you've got a really bad throat. So, <clears throat> this song is called Bring the Rain. All right, I am definitely foreshadowing right now. So that was Thursday. Friday. Layoffs continue. I lose my job. We've just closed on our house. Sunday, I'm there on the stage singing this song. 
and the song continues. And I know there'll be days when this life brings me pain, but if that's what it takes to praise you, Jesus bring the rain. You see, I went through a period there of over a year and a half because the market became so saturated with people there, uh, of people that were displaced without a job, that it was hard for me to get a full-time job. And God started speaking really clear to me to make me realize a few things. Number one, it was as if God was saying, Jason, I need you to realize something. Put your trust in me. Because you may have been making a paycheck, but all these years I've been the one providing for you. Because in in a year and a half, never once did we lose power. Never once did we lose a roof over our heads. Never once did we lose utilities. Now, let me let me explain some things. That, that meant that we had to make some adjustments. That meant that we weren't going out and eating at restaurants all the time. In fact, we didn't go out and eat at places. That meant that we made modifications to our grocery list, that we were eating a lot of PB&J. That meant that I was going out and accepting almost every gig possible um, whenever people said, hey, I've got seasonal work, I'll take it. But God showed that he was providing. And that's when I got into a really big rhythm of prayer. First Thessalonians became a way of life for me. When I, when I recalled the verse that I had memorized as a young man, pray without ceasing and in everything give thanks, I realized how true is that? That I need to be in a conversation with God that he's saying in everything give thanks. I recalled stories of Job and how Job was had everything. You give and take away. You give and take away. But my heart will choose to say blessed be your name. Okay, God, here I am without a job, questioning whether or not I'm going to be able to put food on the table for my family. Everything that I stand for as a man is being challenged right now. Can I still bless your name? Can I get up in the morning and find reasons to say, thank you, God? Because everything within me as a human as a person, the carnal sense wants to get up and curse. When I get out of bed and realize, nope, still no job today, makes me want to just lay back down and give up. But when I wake up in the morning, I started realizing I need to do a behavior modification. I need to begin with prayer. And that's when I started doing that 30-minute test drive. I took just 30 minutes and started out with that to get up in the morning. A friend of mine who is a um, 
uh, was a missionary in Bangkok, Thailand. He was the son of my lead pastor, Pat Hood, in Nashville. He had tweeted one time, we have breath in our lungs that we don't deserve. Just simply those words. I wake up. I breathe in. That simple action says so much. It says we're alive. It says God right then and there has given us a gift beyond any measure. It says we have another day of living. A full day ahead of us. It's a reminder that as Christians we have opportunities to go out and give his gift to others. To celebrate in the fact that we are his, we're his sons, we're his daughters. And yet we take breath after breath after breath for granted. And we do it all through the night and when we first wake up. Breathing. So simple. Yet we overlook it. So I begin my prayers. Thank you, God, for breath that I don't deserve. Let me exhale and do something great with it today. Let me not forget as I exhale to speak your love to other people. And let me begin by giving thanks to you. So I realize as I wake up in my bed that my wife is next to me. I look back in, in my life and realize people that I prayed for that have lost spouses to cancer, to automobile accidents and things, and, and realize that I could be in one of those situations. And I thank God for my spouse. And maybe you listen and you go, whoa, whoa, stop right there because I've lost a spouse. Can you find ways to thank God still even in those painful moments? You see, that's the key. You give and take away. But will your heart still choose to say, blessed be your name? You say, yeah, but God didn't take away your spouse. You see, holiday seasons are rough for me. Three years ago, before my mother had yet turned 60 years old, my mother left this world. I watched her after making one post one day, <laughs> a silly game on Farmville. Man, I can't stand that game. I'm so glad people stopped doing Farmville invites. But my mother um, was playing Farmville one night. The very next day, something happened. 
still don't quite understand it. She aspirated on something, some bit of food or something, and it turned instantly into pneumonia. As a result of that, they had to they had to life flight her because the hospital wasn't equipped to be able to take care of what was going on. She had gone into some type of coma. So they life flighted her, and whenever they life flighted her, her heart, her heart stopped. You can't do CPR in the air. So they had to land. The amount of time that she was in the air with her heart not beating caused irreparable damage. By the time I was able to get to the hospital, she was already on life support. I, I sat there with my family in the room whenever she was taken off of life support and watched her take her own last breath. took a lot for me to acknowledge that my God is so sovereign. And my God knows what is best in the situation for each other. And to be able to say, God, you give and take away. But my heart chooses to say, blessed be your name. And the next morning, that I don't deserve to have. Let me do something great with it. Let me exhale and show your love to others. Thank you for my wife who's still beside me. Thank you for my bed. Thank you for the warmth of the house. Thank you for a roof over my head. Thank you for life. Thank you for my children. Thank you for their health. And for 30 straight minutes, nothing will come out of my mouth but thanks for my God. And you know what? If 30 minutes turns into an hour, so be it. The idea is that you transform your mind from things that are negative or from getting up with the worries of the day and turning them into thankfulness. First Thessalonians saying, pray without ceasing, giving thanks to our Lord for everything. Would you give it a try? If you didn't this morning, it's okay. Nobody says you have to start in the morning. Start right now. You say, I can't do that. You have no idea um, the condition that my house is in, the condition that my car's in, the job that I work at. Stop. Look, God has given us gift after gift after gift. If you walk into my office at church, if you look at one of my guitars, you'll, you'll see a common theme. There's birds. There's birds that are all along the border of my office wall. There's birds somewhere hidden on every one of my guitars. There's a reason. 
Matthew 6.26, one of my favorite verses. It's from the Sermon on the Mount, but yet it's one of the, the least talked about verses, part of, his, part of his most famous sermons, where Jesus was looking around and seeing the birds in the air. And he said, look at the birds. See how God feeds them. And doesn't your heavenly Father love you more than birds? Don't think for a moment that God doesn't care for us. And in your situation, with a job, with your home, with your clothing, with anything, that God doesn't ultimately care about you. And if you ever doubt that, breathe in. Breathe out and say thank you, God, for that gift you just gave me. His benefits are good, and God is good. He's a good, good father. Tell him thank you. In the Camby, Indianapolis area, Visit us Sundays at 9.30 or 11 a.m. as we gather together at 4172 East Allison Road in Canby. Thanks for joining us today on the podcast.